just as we're in this um, time of worship now, if you're joining us online, if you're here in the room today, we're just going to take a moment and just explore this space. As much as we haven't been able to do things this year and go out and things, and we theoretically have a lot of space, we don't always take advantage of that. We're just going to take a moment now. Just in whatever way you're able to do that. Um, just be quiet now. You might want to find a, a comfortable position to stand in, or you might want to even sit down at the stage. If you're at home, if there's, if there's somewhere you can go without distractions, but still stay connected. Just keep your eyes closed, and just become aware of God's presence with you. He's with you in your homes, um, or wherever you're watching from, if you're not with us in the building, and he's with us here in the building today. As we take this time, you may find it difficult to concentrate or to be silent. You might find it helpful just to concentrate on your breathing for a moment. as you breathe in, as you breathe out. You might even find it helpful to breathe in one piece of a scripture verse, breathe out another part. Breathe in, the Lord is my shepherd. Breathe out, I shall not find. Just as we're in this space, just remain with your eyes closed. I'm going to read a psalm just to help us reflect in this next moment. So from Psalm 60, you have rejected us, God, and burst upon us. You have been angry, now restore us. You have shaken the land and torn it open, mend its fractures, for it is quaking. You have shown your people desperate times. You have given us wine that makes us stagger. But for those who fear you, you have raised the banner to be unfurled against the bow. Save, and, save us and help us with your right hand, that those you love may be delivered. God has spoken from his sanctuary. In triumph, I will pass on our Shechem and measure off the valley of Succoth. Gilead is mine and Manasseh is mine. Ephraim is my, is my helmet. Judah is my scepter. Moab is my washbasin. On Edom, I toss my sandal. Over Philistia, I shout in triumph. Who will bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Eden? Is it not you, God, you who have now rejected us and no longer go out with our armies? Give us aid against the enemy, for human help is worthless. With God we will gain the victory, and he will trample down our enemies. And just as we're in the space, don't disengage in this moment. 
I'm just going to reflect a little bit on that psalm. This is a tool that you can use um, if you want to after the service as well. It doesn't need to just be when we're together. You can do this by yourself too. Note that in the psalm, we're not saying that our experience matches exactly what David was going through. He was at physical battle with the Syrians at the time. But we are finding clues on how he dealt with his emotions in the midst of his life events. David was at war with the Syrians, but he had also gained a great victory over the Edomites. He's living and writing in the context of a mixture of success and failure, of joy and pain. You may have heard us talk about this in our lives using words like the kingdom come, the kingdom not yet come. You may have experienced successes over the last year, or maybe you've endured losses. Quite possibly, you've experienced both of those things. Your losses may have been that you've missed a holiday or two, or it might have been a loss of a family member due to COVID. The loss of freedom to go out as we used to, the loss of relationship, or even having to wear a mask. God sometimes allows us to experience difficult things so that we don't become too comfortable in the world as it is now, but that we can live at ease only in him. I'm going to pray in a moment, but we're going to do a little activity together. Uh, We're going to do it individually, but together, if you know what I mean. If you're online, um, you might want to get a a pen and a paper. If you're here in the building with us, you'll notice there's some pen and paper under the chairs um, that you're sitting on. And let's just take a moment and and just think about, and you, you may have done this, you may not have done this yet, but take a moment just to think about some of those things that you've lost, some of that pain you've endured, some of the pain that maybe you know that somebody else has endured. And let's um, write that down on those pieces of paper. Write that down on a piece of paper at home or make notes of it. Just remember it. Um, and we're going to bring that up to the cross in a moment, and we might just type that up in the, in the chat on the online um, feed. Normally it's good to do this in silence for as long as you need. Obviously together we're going to just take a moment to do that. So think of things. And if you don't think of everything or you think of more things later on, do this exercise for yourself again. Carry on doing that as I, as I just pray for us now. Thank you, Lord, for your hand over us this past year. We choose to see your presence with us in our darkest times. Grant us the gift now to feel the pains, hurts, and losses of the past year so that we can properly offer them to you and have them resolved in our hearts. Now, if you've had a chance to just make a note of a few things, um, why not just begin popping that up in the chat on the online feed? Just write those on. If you feel comfortable doing that, just post them up and share that amongst us. Um, if, if there's not your own sorrow, we, we, we journey in this together. Sometimes lament is not about our own pain, but it's about sharing together somebody else's pain. And if you're here in the building, um, we've got a few people that are just going to direct you. We're going to have to do this in a pretty systematic way. And if you come around the front here and Pop your notes 
in the basket, in the little tray here in front of the cross, and then carry on around the room and then back to your seat. That'd be great. This is just a, a way that we can, we can take some of these emotions, feel them, and then release them over to the Lord. So shall we go ahead and do that now? And then, I'll, then Andy will take over from there. This is a powerful moment. It's a really important moment. I'm stood here, and it's either cold in here, or there's a presence of the Lord in this place, because it is so important that we recognize moments like this together. Um, and Because it's been a hard year, hasn't it? And I'm very grateful to Ash for leading us in worship and leading us to this moment. But life has been hard for so many people. This last Friday, I saw my parents-in-law for the first time since Christmas 2019. And Bethan hugged her mum for the first time since then. It's hard, isn't it? It's really hard. Um, but it is so healthy to do what the Bible calls, or what we call in Christian language, lament. To express um, our loss and our sorrow, and at the same time, to find fresh hope. To renew hope in our lives. See, I believe that Christians should be the most hopeful people on the planet. You're not a follower of Jesus yet. Delighted that you're here, whether you're in the room or whether you are online. Delighted that you connected with us. And I hope that what you hear today is the hope that Jesus offers to all of us. So we're going to continue looking through 1 Peter. It's a letter in the New Testament. If you've got a Bible uh, with you, do turn to that. And the letter of Peter is all about finding hope in the midst of suffering. And I'm going to read a few verses from chapter 3. Um, for us today, beginning at verse 8. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever among you would love life and see good days must keep your tongue from evil and your lips from deceitful speech. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. It is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. When life is hard, there are a number of pitfalls that we can fall into, and I'm just going to share two briefly this morning. The first is, is that we can tend to blame our circumstances rather than our choices. 
verse 9 says that we tend to repay evil with evil. In other words, when there's hard stuff going on around us, we tend to respond out of that. And so when life is hard for us personally, uh, we can often take it out on those that are closest to us. That might be our friends, it might be a husband or a wife. But what we do is we blame our circumstances. Not my fault, it's what's going on around us. Maybe over this last year, if you're really honest, you say, you know what, I have given into temptation more. But it was lockdown's fault, wasn't it? Nothing to do with me. It's all, it was all Boris. It's all locked down. Maybe we've disconnected from our home group or Sunday worship and we blame the government guidelines. It's, it, it's just the singing thing. I, I've disconnected from worship and community. It's just the singing. And we blame that. You know, I don't, human beings have an incredible ability to shift blame. You notice that? Incredible ability. We need to be aware of the pitfall of letting our circumstances determine our choices and our actions. Verse 9, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. So an important part of lament is recognizing our circumstances. That's why moments like today is really important. Acknowledging that we've lost a whole bunch of stuff, but we're going to choose not to be defined by the pain and the difficulty. So that's the first pitfall. The second pitfall, when life is hard, is that we can become fearful. And verse 14, Peter writes, don't be frightened. Don't be frightened. I have had a lot of conversations with people over recent weeks and months, and people have expressed either a little bit of fear through to pretty crippling fear and anxiety and, and everything in between. This is our share personally. During the first lockdown, do you remember that? Sort of March last year, when you could, you know, you had to pick your one hour that you allowed outside and pick that pretty carefully, do your daily exercise. And I avoided going to shops, supermarkets. And if we ran out of milk, I would send one of our kids out to get milk. Now, is that really bad? Yeah, they're younger. It's risk management. I need, probably need to go on a parent. Anyway, I was nervous. I had a fear, and that caused me to act in a certain way. When we went out to um, our allotments, I didn't want to touch the padlock on the gate. I, I was, I, there was a fear that was building up. I had a fear of catching COVID. I didn't want to die right now. And that, that's okay, isn't it? I mean, the good thing is I know where I'm going, but I, I figure I've, I've still got stuff to do here, and I love my wife and my kids and my friends, and I want to stay here for a bit longer. I didn't want to die. But my point is simply that I had to acknowledge the fears that were going on and that were driving different bits of behavior, and to acknowledge those and to continue to process those things. Now, we all need to be wise, don't we? so that we can love others in really good ways. You know, hands, face, and space. Get the vaccine if you're able to. I will strongly encourage you to do that. But what I want us just to take a moment to do this morning, today, is to think about whether we are carrying fear. And to ask the Holy Spirit to come and shine a light on our hearts and say, and you can do this right now, Lord, is there fear in my life right now that you want to process with me today?
Is there, is there something in me right now to, to connected to fear that you want to deal with right now in your presence? So maybe we fear a loss of income. We fear a loss of our health, fear of losing a loved one, of losing some sense of future and destiny. Maybe we have a fear of death, our own death, and that is, is a very real thing. Here's a number of things that fear does. Fear causes us to lose freedom. You know, I have spoken to lots of people who are hesitant about going out to places, even places that it's now okay to go to. Even for some, they've been fully vaccinated. And there's a fear that's driving a hesitancy. Most of us can now come to an in-person church service. Many haven't. Many are hesitant. And for some, there are reasons, business reasons, health reasons. But for others, there aren't. Let me just share this. I've spoken to a number of people who were hesitant about coming out to a gathering like this, but have given it a go and then have said to me afterwards, you know what, that was fine. That was okay. There was, a good, there was good systems in place. In fact, this is one of the safest places you can go. This is way safer than being in your household or, or being in the shop, statistically. This is a safe place. You, you know, like when you're a kid and you fall off a bicycle, the best thing to do is to get back on it. And the longer you're off it, the more the fear and the hesitancy builds up. And for some, I believe this is a moment just to recognize maybe some of the things. And is there a fear under the surface? And what I want to encourage you to do is process that with the Holy Spirit today and commit to taking a step. So, for example, next Thursday, our prayer meeting is out in the car park. Outside is very, very safe. That might be a very... And we can sing. Happy days. Take a step. Whatever that step is for you, take a step. Fear causes us to lose freedom. The second thing is that fear causes us to lose joy and peace. Maybe you've been losing sleep. You're just feeling a, a restlessness, a kind of an agitation in your spirit. I want you today to ask the Holy Spirit, you know, why? Why am I feeling that way. There's a lovely little story, I, I don't know whether it's true or not, but an old man was asked what had robbed him of joy the most in his lifetime. He replied, things that never happened. That's true, isn't it? So are there some things that are, is there some fear that is robbing you of joy and peace? This is a good moment to, to recognize that. And thirdly, fear causes us to lose hope. Worry and anxiety about stuff in the future, a bunch of which will never happen, actually robs us of the hope that God wants to have built in our lives and grow and kind of be a deposit in our lives, that with him there is always more. There is a better tomorrow. And that sort of that worry and that fear, it robs us of that hope that Jesus wants for our lives. So how do we find hope when life is hard? Verse 15, Peter writes this, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. So, vaccine development rollout. Amazing, isn't it? Don't put your hope in that. The economy is looking better than it might have done a few months ago. That, that's a good thing but please don't put your hope in an economic recovery. What is the reason for Christian hope? 
I want to take us back to the start of this letter, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Peter writes this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Christian hope is pinned on the certainty of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Nowhere else, it is on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, you've probably been into a bunch of churches and, and, and some of them have like a crucifix and there is a body on it. And I get that. But we, like many churches, have an empty cross. And maybe you thought, never really thought why. Lots of reasons. But one is because Jesus is alive. And that, you see, the cross... Absolutely, we remember what Jesus did for us. That he died in our place. He was our substitute. He did what we could not do for ourselves so that our sin could be dealt with. The penalty of sin could be dealt with. But he did not stay there. And our hope is founded on this cross being empty. Because Jesus is alive. And the great Christian hope is this. Is that if I give my yes to Jesus Christ then what happened to him will happen to me. So we don't need to fear death. See, I don't want to die right now because I think Jesus has got more for me to do right now and I love my family, I want to see them grow up. But if the worst thing happens and I do die, guess what? What happened to Jesus happens to me. And I find myself in the glorious presence of God forever and ever. That is not a bad thing. The empty cross, resurrection of Jesus Christ, is the reason for our hope. Whether life is good or whether life is hard, focus on the resurrection. It's because Jesus is alive. So I want to share just very briefly three things that will help us find hope. Firstly, worship Jesus. In verse 14 and 15, Peter writes, Revere Christ as Lord. In other words, if you want to find hope when life is hard, give everything that you have to Jesus. Absolutely everything. Every fiber of your being. Every pound in your pocket, every second of your time, every thought of your head, every beat of your heart, give it all. Give it all. Revere Christ as Lord. That is the foundation for our hope, the worship of Jesus Christ. The second thing is walk with Jesus. Walk with Jesus. You see, if I was going to do something really hard, and if you were going to do, like, I don't know, I watched a documentary yesterday on, on climbing Mount Everest. Okay? If I wanted to do something like that, I would want to do that with somebody who knew what they were doing, who had been that path before, wouldn't you? That's, that's what I would want to do. Well, this, this is verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. In other words, Jesus knows what it is like to go through hard stuff. He knows what it is like to suffer. And that gives us hope. So walk with Jesus. Walk with the one who knows what it is to navigate the hardest things of life. And the third thing is walk with others. Verse 8, 
finally, all of you, be like-minded. Be sympathetic. Love one another. Be compassionate and humble. It's talking about living life well with others. You see, the reality is that hope is sustained, it is fueled, it is built up as we walk with other Christian people. We need one another. Now, I know that when life is hard, it can be really easy to withdraw. So easy to skip small group, to get out of a Sunday worship habit. I want to encourage you today to get connected, to stay connected, to go deeper in your connection with others that are on the same journey as you. So make sure you're in a small group or a tri-group. If, if you are, great. Go deeper in that. If you're not and you're in the room here, come and talk to us at the welcome point at the end. If you're online, there's a little link going up in the chat that you can click on that and we will help you to find a group. You know, I don't know about you, but this last year has been the hardest year of my life. And I don't know, well, I, I know it's been an incredible blessing to have journeyed through that with the home group that we're a part of. It's been an incredible blessing to track through that with the team that we get to work with. I couldn't imagine being like a vicar on the own. I'm just really blessed by the people that we get to work with. Um, I'm blessed by all of you. I couldn't imagine going through this year without Christian family. But most of all, I couldn't imagine going through this year without a relationship with Jesus. Could you? Without the hope that Jesus brings? I am incredibly grateful that I've been able to go through this year and hold on to Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen.